G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Funder here with Fruity's Alex for WrestleMania edition of the weekly wrestling wrap. Alex, how are you, friend? I am dry, which is unlike people from this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got a little bit, a uh, little bit more than they bargained for, I suppose. Yeah, good old Wetzelmania. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there in uh, in due time, I suppose. We already talked about Raw kicking off Mania Week. Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, yeah. A bit bit different this year. Did you happen to watch? I watched it live. Um, kind of wished I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't find um, that much interesting. The NWI thing with Hogan at points was just cringe. Oh yeah, uh, like and plus he's coming out with a clear a clear WWE shop replica belt. Like you can just tell that it's n- not the real deal. Like, come on, he just looks like a shill. Um, oh, I have a lot of complaints about it, and the biggest complaint I have is that they barely gave anyone enough time to talk. Yeah. That is uh, that is true. Um, so of course we did mention this. Um, our thoughts on everyone going in on our Hall of Fame special. So JBL, British Bulldog, Jushin Thunder Liger, William Shatner, the celebrity inductee, Tyson Neal, the Warrior Award recipient, and tag team the Bella Twins along with the group, the New World Order members, Hogan, Nash, Hall, and Waltman for the class of 2020 including legacy wing inductees. Um, if you yeah. want, you can have a brief mention of any of these guys. Ray yeah, Stevens. Uh, yeah, go on. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Ray Stevens. Do you know anything of um, him? Yeah, so uh, that's Ray the Crippler Stevens. Uh, most infamous run was in California in the 70s slash maybe 60s, and he was a tag team partner of recently passed massive legend Pat Patterson. And, oh, wow. And, yeah, Patterson and Stevens are sort of known as, like, by a lot of wrestlers, particularly from tag teams in the 90s and the 80s, as, like, a massive inspiration to a lot of people. And Ric Flair has even said that he drew a lot of inspiration from Ray the Crippler Stevens. So... Couldn't get higher praise than that. Um, next legacy wing inductee was Brickhouse Brown. Um, not overly familiar. He is very infamous. Uh, he did a lot of shoot interviews in the mid two thousands, but they were very controversial. Um, in the other aspect, like yeah, I think he was a sort of late eighties territory guy. I think he did a bit in the nineties. I think he was in WCW for a cup of coffee as well. Uh, not that familiar with him. Steve Williams? Oh, Dr. Death. Yeah. Uh, this is a well overdue induction into the Hall of Fame. He should have been in the proper Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, massive, massively over in the Mid-South Territory. Uh spreading over New Orleans and Oklahoma and Texas uh, for the Bill 
Bill Watts's promotion there, and then huge success in Japan, teaming up with um, Bam Bam Terry Gordy, doing a bit with Stan Hansen and all that sort of stuff. And WWF fans might remember him from his uh, infamous Brawl for All run, which is the last thing you should remember this dude from. Yeah, who did he lose to? Uh, Bart Gunn. <laughs> and there was there's that rumour that if he won, the whole Brawl for All was set up for Steve Williams to win it all, and then it would go on to a Steve Williams versus Steve Austin match, which at the time would have been a match between two guys called Steve Williams before Steve Austin legally changed his name to Steve Austin. <laughs> Yeah, the I do know the story there that when Austin started, he wanted to be Steve Williams, but Doctor Death was already, so he took Austin as a um as a nod to his native Texas. Yeah, yeah, and ironically, uh, Steve Austin was also a the character on a seventies TV show called The Six Million Dollar Man, and in nineteen ninety six. He joined up with the million dollar man in the WWF. <laughs> oh man. Uh next was Baron Michael Leon. Yeah, I have very, very much no idea about this dude. Um appears to have been from the fifties, maybe even the forties. So well ahead of my time. Not much footage out there, unfortunately. And Gary Hart. Yeah, Gary Hart is a uh, manager from the 80s, uh, really well-known in from the early 90s, late 80s, WCW time, where he was the manager for Terry Funk in Terry Funk's like awesome feud with Ric Flair in 1989. He was also the manager of uh, in world-class championship wrestling for the great Kabuki and many of the heels that they had, all the monster heels they brought in to feud with the Von Eriks. It was all Gary Hart. And infamously for me, Gary Hart was the manager of the great Muda in WCW. And that, and he was the manager of the great Muda with Muda's feud with Sting, which I have... A lot of love for. Fair enough. Uh, class of 2021 saw Kane, Molly Holly, Eric Bischoff, the great Carly, and Rob Van Dan all inducted. Uh, celebrity wing was Ozzy Osbourne. Warrior Award recipient was Rich Herring. Yep. Herring? Herring. Herring. Um, longtime backstage employee. Uh, fans will know him from his lone appearance of being the marriage celebrant of the wedding of the century, Elizabeth and Macho Man. Yeah, when I saw that video and they said that, like, that blew my mind. I had no idea. That's, that was pretty cool. Um, I saw a lot of people online, like, the common complaint was, oh, they should have given the Warrior Award to Shad Gaspard. And to an extent, I agree. But also, this is exactly what the Ultimate Warrior said in his Hall of Fame speech he wanted this award to be. 
mm. an award for those people that work backstage so they can have their moment in the spotlight for a change. Yeah, and the last three times it has been awarded, it has gone to um, someone backstage or someone with the company who's done a lot of charity work. So it is good. And do you remember what Warrior wanted the award to be called? I was named after someone that worked backstage in the company. Yeah, I forgot the name of it, of that person. But um, it was named after someone that I think did a lot of like, yeah, just all the stuff you see behind the scenes. Well, you don't see behind the scenes, that is. Yeah, yeah he wanted it to be called the Jimmy Miranda Award, who was yeah. uh, named after a long-time employee who passed away in 2002. Yes, that's right, part of the merchandise department there. I've heard about him before because Austin talked about uh, hassling Jimmy Miranda about getting a new T-shirt, getting a new T-shirt. Come on, man, I've been in the company six months. Can I please have a T-shirt? Uh, and then, you know, Austin goes on to become the most infamous T-shirt seller in the company's history. What? <laughs> I did have that one as a kid. Um, yeah, you had a few good ones. Yeah, I had a. Did you I ever a take a one? I'm pretty I sure had you a, had a Mick Foley nice day. Yeah, I had a take a one. I had this awesome Shawn Michaels in DX one, which uh, Mum didn't like me wearing out in public because <laughs> on the back of it it said "suck it." Um, I had this other Stone Cold one, which had a picture of Stone Cold given the double birds. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there's this infamous picture of, like, nine-year-old me. I-, I will find it one day and I will share it on our Instagram of nine-year-old me taking a photo at the Rutherglen showgrounds, wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping off people on the front of the T-shirt standing next to Dr. Harry. (laughs) (laughs) It just just looks ridiculous. That was the style at the time. Yeah. Uh, Last few inductees here. Class of 2021 Legacy win, Dick the Bruiser. Yeah, uh, really... Mostly well known for his run in AWA in the Minnesota Territory, for his run with um, his tag team partner and then rival, the Crusher. The Crusher and the Bruiser, just these two just manly men that just ran out and beat people up. Uh, Oh, fantastic. I've seen a, a little bit of their stuff in the past and, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's just a whole lot of potatoes flying around. Uh, Pez Wheatley Pez Watley, yeah um, He's from Well, I know him from his uh, Mid-Atlantic run And then his NWA WCW run in 86, 87 Which is an era I like to Go back and watch if I'm just feeling lazy At home um, Yeah, he was a fantastic talent Um yeah, just like well ahead of his time in terms of athleticism and that. And to be perfectly honest, um, should have been a well-renowned upper mid-card champion. But uh, being African-American in his time, probably 
was against him, unfortunately. If he came along today, he would have been a superstar. Um, Buzz Sawyer? Yeah, Buzz Sawyer. Um, guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker have said that Buzz Sawyer was their favorite wrestler to watch growing up. He did, like, he is, not many people know this, but he's, like, the first person to properly do a spine buster and lots of the hard-hitting slams you know of today. Yeah, fantastic run, like, all across the territories in the 80s. Never really hit world title status, but was always known as a guy that could really go. Uh, Ethel Johnson? Yeah, pretty much uh, from my recollection, like, I, I don't know too much about her, but she wrestled in the 30s and the 40s and was the first African-American woman to wrestle. Ah, fair enough. Um, and Paul Birch, Bischosh? Paul, uh, Paul Bosch. So he ran the, the Houston promotion in the territory days uh got the name of it but uh it's responsible for a lot of the stars we see today and to be perfectly honest the main reason he's in the legacy wing uh he is the person that got bruce pritchard into the wrestling business so i would assume that has a lot to do with this oh dear god no get him out (laughs) unhall of fame (laughs) Um, let's see, where are we? Um, Univ- I also spent time at UWF, World Class, uh, Jim Crocker Promotions, and WWF. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Houston Wrestling was his promotion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that wraps up the, uh, Legacy Wing inductees. Was it? Anything really of note? Any stories? Any anything uh, you think that you didn't hear before from anyone who was inducted? Um, I suppose it was interesting seeing someone like um, Carly and Jushin Fundaliga speak in their native tongues, even via video. Yeah, it was a bit surprising. Like we'll get into it when we talk talk about WrestleMania, but. I was like, oh, yeah, Carly's in India. He won't be able to come over. So, obviously, he'll be on webcam. But, lo and behold, he's at WrestleMania. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of surprising for me. Um, Rob Van Dam's speech was just fantastic. I thought it was incredible. Uh, Kane's speech was really just well-spoken. I think the true highlight of the Hall of Fame for me was Molly Holly spending her entire speech thanking the people that worked behind the scenes. Yeah. And naming those people individually. Yeah, (laughs) that was really good. You've heard stories about how kind-hearted Molly Holly is. Like, she anonymously paid for Beth Phoenix to go to wrestling school and stuff like that. Like, so... To just see her do that, she just seems so wholesome. My biggest disappointment from the Hall of Fame was Eric Bischoff just not getting the time to speak. Because I listen to his podcast every week, and he is an incredible storyteller. 
So for him to only get, ironically, three minutes to do a speech at the Hall of Fame was just a travesty. Yes, uh, I think... almost double 86 weeks <laughs> in seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did like him doing a little tribute to Rosie and Jamal slash Umaga three-minute warning with the start of his speech by saying, they said I was only allowed to have three minutes. Wait a minute, did I just say three minutes? And then he looks up and, yeah, so for those people that are fans of 2002 Raw like I was, (laughs) it's a good nod for you. Uh, not many of us out there. <laughs> Maybe not. No. Um, but, yeah, his three minutes were great. It just would have been nice to have more. Um, I really want Harry Smith's dog. <laughs> I really want Buffy, I believe her name was. Yeah. yeah. She was just a, a gorgeous bulldog. I've never told this story before, but... Uh, my dog, Cadis was almost going to be a British bulldog called Matilda. When we were looking for dogs, when we were looking for dogs, um, I reached out to a English bulldog breeder and I was like, yep, I want a girl. And that's the one. Unfortunately, uh, there was just some health complications and the poor little puppy didn't make it. So... That's the only thing that stopped me, or else I would have a British bulldog right next to me called Matilda, completely named after the Davy Boy Smith gimmick. Because that dog that used to come out with him and Dynamite was Matilda. Yeah. Um, wow. I suppose <laughs> yeah. before moving on, because we have a lot to get through, uh, anything of note, because I sort of just spliced the, uh, the red carpet part into the... Um, little clips after everyone's speech. Yeah, I didn't like that there wasn't anyone in the audience. Like, the wrestlers weren't in the audience. Like, the wrestlers were apparently there for the red carpet, or at least a handful were. So, like, what were they doing? Like, I was really confused. And if they were in the audience, why weren't they showing them? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, a weird, a weird time for the Hall of Fame. No one inducting anyone, just sort of video packages. Um, yeah. 2020 was King throwing to the video packages. 2021 was um, Corey Graves and Kayla, I think. Yeah, yeah, Kayla Braxton, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Hall of Fame. Do you have time for TakeOver? I do. I do, actually. I have a lot of time for this one. Okay, so NXT TakeOver uh, Stand and Deliver. So Night 1 is Stand and <laughs> and Night 2 is Deliver. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <laughs> did you watch the pre-show either night? I did not. I did not want to hear Sam Roberts talk about how people are never going to be main eventers. And then, well, he said that about one person who main evented WrestleMania this year. <laughs> Is he even still there? 
Oh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been working all week, uh, watching everything on like a 12-hour delay. So, yeah, no no free shows. <laughs> so we go through to uh, the results here. Uh, pre-show match was Zoe Stark defeating Tony Storm. Uh, main card of night one saw Pete Dunne defeat Kushida in the opener. The six-man gauntlet eliminator match. Uh, Bronson Reeve defeated Isaiah Swerve Bro Scott, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, yeah, Dexter yeah. Loomis, and Leon Ruff. Uh, yeah. Fo- good, good result. Following that, uh, Walter, the United Kingdom champion, defeated Tommaso Ciampa to retain for the vacant NXT Men's Tag Team Championships in a triple threat match. MSK defeated the Grizzled Young Veterans and the Gero Del Fantasma. And in the main event of night one for the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai, the champion, was defeated by big lady cool Raquel Gonzalez, who had the heartbreak kick Dakota Kai in her corner. Uh, quick thoughts on night one. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Walter is the best wrestler in the world. Bell to bell, there is absolutely no one that puts on better big fight matches than Walter at the moment. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. He's, he's certainly up there, and I think the um, the fact he's moved from, say, a, uh, a WXW to a WWE has given him more of a platform to uh to showcase that yeah Um, he's held that title for like over 700 days yeah he's hang on here i'll have a quick look for you but um yeah he is getting up there in terms of um length yeah it's like pete dunn had it for like 600 and something and then walter's gone and topped that from my memory um yeah, 739 days. Yeah, and P. Dunn had it 685. Like, and I was like, there's no one that's going to have a 685-day title run besides Pete Dunn in this modern era. Uh, Walter has. <laughs> Walter yeah, does. You can say the pandemic sort of helped him a little bit with that. I suppose the only uh, downside for having a European or a United Kingdom championship is the only two times it's changed hands has been in the United States. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, although I have a theory about when it's going to change hands next, but we'll wait to talk about that until we're finished talking about night two of TakeOver. Um, okay. Bronson Reed, that was a great performance. Um, now, really happy for him at this point. <laughs> when this match started, I thought, oh, it's a gauntlet eliminator. So it's going to be two guys start, someone gets eliminated, next guy comes in. No, it's time on the clock, then someone else comes in, regardless of if there's an elimination or not. Yeah, it's like a short Royal Rumble with pins. Was this confusing to you at the start? Going, yeah. 
I don't think anyone's been eliminated. What's going on, huh? Yeah, I didn't know that at all going into it. Yeah, that Uh, was very confusing. uh, Yeah, Uh, an all right match. I'm happy with the result. Confusing booking. (laughs) Yeah. um, Oh, yeah. Pete Dunne and Kushida had as good of a 10-minute match as you can have. (laughs) Um, That was really great, those two. The men's tag team match I thought was really good. What about yourself? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, MSK is an absolute stud of a team. Uh, The Grizzled Young Vets, like, they keep coming up short. Like, give them a run. Give them a proper run. Uh, They're really good. Legado Del Fantasma were great in this, you know. Raul Mendoza and DJ Z. Yeah, I thought that was a great match. Um, Yeah, and then the main event was fantastic. And I can't stress enough, Volta and Ciampa is like a match of the year contender for me at the moment. I'm taking notes every time I say a really good match so that I'm ready for the end of year awards. Now, this was on TV in the US. Do you know how this went? for uh, Wednesday night rankings? Uh, from my memory, uh, NXT won the final night of the war. In terms of viewership? Yeah, yes, they did. In terms of viewership, yeah. 768,000 to 688. So not even by 100,000. I was expecting TakeOver to have a commanding lead. It's yep. still a victory but I thought they would have done it a lot easier. Yep. Um, what about that all-important key demo? Do you know how they went there? I have no idea on that one. So for TakeOver, the key demo was a 0.22 to NXT to a 0.28 for AEW. Well, yeah. AEW always say it's all about the demo, so I guess they won the war. <laughs> yep. Uh, 74 to 1 in terms of demo with five programs not aired head-to-head yeah. because of like Super Tuesday, uh, ice hockey playoffs, Christmas Day sort of thing. Yeah, that's um, fair. Um, I think it's unfair for us to, to rate this week but um, as a uh, choice, but um, what do you think of night one? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways? Uh very much so, both thumbs up. I thought this was a great night of takeover. Um, big Lady Cool getting the win, MSK getting the win, Walter not losing, Bronson <laughs> Reed winning. Like, yeah, it had everything I wanted. Um, selfishly, I just thought of then, give us Bronson Reed versus Walter at some point. That would be nice. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, strangely enough, that might have happened on one of the WSW shows in Australia when they brought Walter out for that tour. Yeah, I'll have to suss that out. (laughs) Streaming here, right here, on Impact Plus. (laughs) Oh, man. Night two, did you watch pre-show? Nope. No. Okay, Um, so... I was going to watch a lot of wrestling this week, so I didn't watch any pre-shows. 
blood result there was Killian Dane and Drake Maverick defeating Breezango, uh, where the winners earn a future NXT Men's Tag Team Championship match. Hmm. So we, we go on to uh, night two here. Ladder match to determine the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Jordan Devlin, the NXT Champion, uh, NXT Cruiserweight Champion, taking on Santos Escobar, the interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And Santos Escobar wins, uh, becoming the undisputed champion here. So uh, rest of the night we had Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, defending against the way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell to retain. Johnny Gargano, the North American Champion, with Austin Fury in his corner, retained against Bronson Reed. Killian Cross, with Scarlett in his corner, defeated Finn Balor, the champion, to become the new NXT Men's Champion. And in the main event of the night, Adam Cole... Well, hang on, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That is very wrong, but it was Kyle O'Reilly. In the main event of night two... Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match in the second longest time of an NXT match outside of War Games at 40 minutes, 19 seconds. Yeah. And yes, I did check that time before we went on air. All right. Okay, good. Uh, Because clearly this Wikipedia page has been altered with, so I wasn't sure. (laughs) Full disclosure, humans, this Wikipedia page says on night two, Adam Cole defeated Dakota Kai in an unsanctioned match in the main event. Mind you, I think those two would have an incredible 40-minute match. I don't think that happened, though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we might as well run up the card here. Uh, Ladder match. Your thoughts? I thought that was a really good ladder match. Santos Escobar looked like a star in this match. I thought it was a really good match. And hot take, it was my match of the night. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think uh, Knight 2 left many uh, true contenders. I think Knight 1 was the, uh, the much more stand night where Knight 2 didn't really deliver. <laughs> Well, I think that's going to be the story of this episode of The Wrap, isn't it? Not yeah. one good, not too bad. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, say what you will about the uh, the former Cruiserweight champion in that match. I think he may be uh, going off to face Walter. Well, uh, RIP in peace, as they say. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to not have a chest anymore. So that's cool. Um, yeah. 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 This uh, women's tag match, boy, underwhelming. Yeah. it. It. I don't know what happened, but it didn't live up to the chemi- uh, chemistry I thought they'd have in there. Um, Just yeah. going to say it now. Amber Moon has been underwhelming her entire WWE run except for her first NXT run. That's a hot take, but uh, many would agree, and I think I agree as well. 
many people know my take. Yeah, she's just not been good. When she went up to the main roster, she got lost in the shuffle, even though she got a bit of a push at the at first. She still got lost in the shuffle. Got injured um, chasing the 24-7 geeks. Yeah, and then comes back to NXT, and she, every time she comes out with that women's tag title, I'm like, whoa, when did she win that? Like, I always forget about her being in NXT and being a champion. She's just completely forgettable to me. Yeah, and that's not good. Uh, Match number four, Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed. This match was good, but it had a lot of interference. Yeah, a lot of takeover match as well. Yeah, lots of shenanigans. I get it. They're really trying to push this Johnny Gargano heel shtick, which I think is entertaining. He's been very funny in some of those vignettes they've been doing. So I get it. Um, Obviously, we both wanted Bronson Reed to win this. So that was kind of a bit deflating for me. Yeah, two two Aussies in back-to-back championship matches and no Aussie gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, following that uh, co-main event, as it was marketed the entire night, <laughs> which would make the tag match on night one the co-main, I guess. <laughs> well, that would make that the semi-main, I guess. Yeah. Um, Killian, Cross, and Scarlet defeating Finn Bella. I'm going to be honest with you. This was my match of the night for night two. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I I thought this was all right. I thought this was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I really just not into Finn Balor, barely into Karrion Cross. My interest wasn't there for this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, what everything I've said about Ember Moon, you can say that about Finn Balor for me. Is that where you think he's going next over to uh, Bray County, Wicklow Island, after he falls and brays? <laughs> well, yes, that's what I was going to say. Um I have a theory that Walter's not dropping that title until they can do a takeover. And they were going to do like a takeover in Ireland, weren't they, before the pandemic, from my memory? Yeah, in Dublin. Yeah. So uh, Finn Balor beating Walter in Dublin would be the way to go. Oh, remember the, uh, was it... um... What's their Clash of Champions called they do at the Rumble? Um, Worlds Collide. Yeah. yeah. Remember the NXT NXT UK Champions match they were building up last year? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think you're on the money there now that you've mentioned that uh, Bella-Walter match. I think they've been wanting to do that match for a very long time. But... The pandemic happened. They couldn't get Walter over. And then, you know, Karrion Cross gets injured, so we might as well put the belt on Finn Balor. 
Well, Finn Balor's... Uh, well, Karrion Cross is no longer injured and Walter is available to come over. So you get that belt off Finn and send him to the UK. And maybe yeah. people start talking about it. Fair enough. Uh, main event of the night, Kyle O'Reilly defeats Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match. Uh, I'd like to hear your opinions on this match first. Um... Oh, man, no, this was great. I'm being very sarcastic. I love it when you spend two minutes zooming in on someone looking shocked because their opponent kicked out of a move that you've never won a match with before. You leave the Panama City Sunrise alone, thank you. (laughs) Is it bad I already know what move you're talking about? (laughs) Exactly. Um, To be fair... He should be shocked because he should be winning all of his matches with that move. That should be his finisher, but he doesn't finish anyone with it, so why are you shocked that they kicked out? You think uh, you think The Rock was ever shocked if someone kicked out of his spine buster? Like, come on. Um, anyway, that's not my biggest complaint. My... Another complaint is the length of this match. Another complaint is just, I don't know, you got a two... Well, this is their build weight, all right? Okay. Kyle O'Reilly is billed at 200 pounds. Adam Cole is billed at 210 pounds. Let's not even get into the argument that clearly Kyle O'Reilly looks like he weighs more than Adam Cole. And there's no way Adam Cole's over 200. Their combined weight, build weight, is 410 pounds. If you're building a ramp for a wrestling ring that can't hold 410 pounds, you're not building the right stuff, mate. Well, how'd uh, old Vic boy Bronson Reed get down the same ramp only two matches earlier? Exactly. And his whole gimmick as he enters is that he stomps a lot. <laughs> um, um, yeah. And then you, you go back and, like, you think of the whole someone's in a submission hold, they fall back into the entrance ramp and the ramp breaks. The first time I can think of that spot ever happening, ECW Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Hmm. What's the difference there? I don't know, Bam Bam Bigelow weighs more than both of these men? (laughs) Taz would be at least another two-thirds. Yeah, and like Taz was was not a very tall man, but he was thick like a tree trunk, man. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. I was out of it for like five minutes, just like how much did this... Oh, God, I sound like Art Donovan. How much is this guy weigh? How much is that guy weigh? How much did Bam Bam weigh? How much did Taz weigh? Um, yeah. The and then size it's... of him. How much does he weigh? <laughs> oh, have a look at this guy. Is he one of the wrestlers? Yes, that's Shawn Michaels, Art Donovan. Oh, he looks like a dancer. <laughs> Little oh. did he know, only a few years later. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, um, this main event, I get what they were trying to do. It didn't do it for me. I thought it sucked. Um, there's one very important point that you didn't bring up that I'll bring up now. Yeah, go for it. I was getting into this match and I'm going, you know what? It's a bit long. It's a, it's like a blood feud. They've been together for so long. Okay, it's your main event. I wouldn't go this long in an empty arena, but you know what? It's starting to work. I'm starting to be brought in. 30-minute mark. Seth, no, this isn't like you. Just what the fuck, ref? Adam yeah. Carl's got him got Kyle O'Reilly's neck in a chair, goes to pick up a second chair, and the ref's like, no, this isn't you. Yeah. And Kyle's like, fuck off, I know the rules. Pushes the ref down. No, no. Fuck this match. No yeah. beers. Yeah, oh, it's just such an I described it in a group chat as a forgive my French. An artistic jerk-off of a match. I thought it was very wanky, to be quite blunt with you. Look at how artistic we are. Look at how we're selling. And look at all this talking we're doing. And we're going to look at our hands every time someone does something. Oh, my God. It's just... It's that thing that... NXT has been just doing over and over again since the Gargano Champa feud. And the Ga- the no. Gargano Champa feud was great at the time for me. I know you hated it. <laughs> um, but they just do this all the time with all your blood feuds. It's all the same sort of formula and it's just so played out and it always goes for way too long. Just, yeah, it, it's a no deal for me. I thought it was really wannabe artistic and wanky. It's a no from me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I got, like I said, I was sort of buying into it around the 30-minute mark, and then within two minutes, there's that stupid ref angle that was my worst match of the year for Hell in the Cell, Seth and the Fiend. Yeah, where two-time Hall of Famer himself said, "How do you have a DQ in a Hell in a Cell match?" Yeah. While they didn't DQ, the ref decided, "Hey, I know better. You're not like this. Why are you doing this? Even though this is the rules I signed on for for this match." Yeah. No beers. Uh, night two, thumbs down. Uh, yeah. Highlight the ladder match. Um, I enjoyed Cross and Finn for what it was. That's the second highlight on this show. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the ladder match. I just... I'm done with spooky carrying Cross. I'm done with spooky wrestlers in general now. Um, At least Scarlett's no longer lip-singing. She's just dancing to the ring. Yeah, that's good. Can um, I just say, yeah. like, I stopped after the uh, Cross... Bella match and like I'm watching blind I'm not knowing the results I got up early the next morning before work to watch the uh, Cole O'Reilly match so I'm watching it fresh not tired and yeah it just sucked yeah Uh, should we talk about the thing that I spoiled for you oh yeah we can talk about (laughs) that yeah Yeah. Um... it wasn't so much a spoil 
No, no, and that's what I was trying to tell you. I thought I was getting serious hate from you, but you were just you were just having me on a bit. I sent you a screenshot that popped up on my Facebook timeline of um, Kyle O'Reilly backstage, and behind him was security guard Matty Wahlberg. And I uh, sent it to you, and you're like, oh, what, what the F, man? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good to yeah, see yeah. he's already over there. Wow, that's really... What is that, like, less than a month, and he's already on TV, technically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, can I, I also no- noticed, like, at the start of that Cole O'Reilly match, they had all the security guard in the ring, across the ring. Yep. And Matty Wahlberg was in the furthest corner in the ring, so the light wasn't shining on him. So I think that's a really good sign that they want to use him soon. Um, can I just say, once they were in the ring and they were uh, trying to divide the ring, they had Cole standing by the rampway. He could have gone <laughs> yeah. and charged Adam Cole as he's making his entrance. Yeah. What's the point of having the card separate the ring? We're going to separate Kyle O'Reilly from the announce desk. Yeah. You can't get to him, Wade Barrett. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, commentary I really enjoyed on this takeover. Yeah, that, they were fantastic. Uh, which night was it that they had Mickey James on for a bit? Um, was that night one? Might have been night one. Yeah, because I thought she I've was... i watched that much. Fast. It's sort of <laughs> gone. Yeah. yeah, same here. Because I thought she was a really good addition on night one as well. Yeah, commentary was great both nights. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, watch night one. Not really... The only low light of night one is the confusing six-man gauntlet rules. Uh, the only true highlight of night two is the ladder match cruiserweight title. Yeah. Uh, overall, thumb sideways for your, well, your 10 uh, pay-per-view matches. Thumb sideways, if half yeah, are good. I agree. Oh, man, from there, should we go to Friday Night Smackdown, or as it was impromptly called, WrestleMania Smackdown? <laughs> Well, they love to throw that word in front of things now, but we'll get there. Yeah, oh, God. Um, yeah, so SmackDown WrestleMania edition featured the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match being defended in a fatal four-way where the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, the champions, retained against Chad Gable and Otis, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, and the Street Profits in 10 minutes. I, like, uh, you couldn't have the Street Profits win knowing what's going to happen this weekend. No, we need that incredible mashup name of the Dirty Dogs to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine. As long as they're doing something with the belts, and this is at least something. Um, yeah, so this starts a very lengthy trend of Heels win the titles, LOL, that we get used to over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, Then a singles match of Tamina and Natalia 
defeating Nia Jax with Shayna Baszler and Reginald in her corner after two minutes because Shayna runs in for the DQ, LOL. Yeah, no thoughts. It was also at this point backstage where, uh, who is it? It is uh, not Peyton Royce. It is, in fact, um, Billy. Oh, why am I forgetting her name? Billy Kay and Carmella, who announced they are now added to the tag team turmoil match on Saturday. Yeah, good old Carmella is what they should have been called. <laughs> Much better. Um, main event match was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for the men. Uh, Jay Uso, the winner here, defeating a who's who of the 24 7 division. <laughs> Prove me wrong, as we saw Akira, to- Akira Tozawa, Angel Gaza, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, Elias, Eric, Grand Madalik, Humberto Carrillo, Jackson Riker, Kalisto, King Corbin, Lindsay Dorado. Mace, Murphy, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Shelton Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, Slapjack, T-Bar, and Tucker. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) at least the right result. Yeah, there was only only really two ways you were going to go with this, and given where somebody's position on that show compared to the other person on that show being your final two, it was only going one way. Yeah, and I could have seen it going either way, but yeah, it was only going to be Shinsuke or Jey Uso, and Jey Uso won, and it yeah. makes all the sense. Yeah, um, not going to go through all the eliminations here. It's not worth our time. Uh, main event segment, good promo by uh, Roman Reigns. Anything else to really add from SmackDown here going in? Yeah, there's some good promos from Daniel Bryan and Edge as well. Just the promos were great. Uh, the matches were, well, they happened. <laughs> yes, uh, the pre-show to the pre-show that is WrestleMania kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs, uh, f- really nothing happened. Uh, thumbs down, SmackDown. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be a little bit nicer and say thumbs in the middle just because I thought those promos all show long carried the entire show. But, yeah, yeah, could have been a lot better. The only problem with that is I saw it all again on WrestleMania, or at least a fair chunk of that. (laughs) That's true, too. Um, Yeah, so it is what it is on SmackDown. Uh, See what happens this week when you're not a pre-show to the pre-show yeah uh are you ready for the granddaddy of them all or is uh one vincent k mcmahon wait is it k or j ah who cares it's k (laughs) yes uh (laughs) said welcome to wrestlemania that made me really happy that he did that though (laughs) yes uh I was really happy that that happened. Like, those that listen to Freddy's Oldman Game Show knows that I booked Vince McMahon to do that for Starcade. <laughs> like, that's pretty much exactly how my Starcade opened up. Um, <laughs> did you happen to watch the pre-show on night one? Nah, I didn't watch any pre-shows this week. It was just 
too much. I, I, I knew there wasn't going to be any matches on the pre-show, so I was like, no point. I don't want to watch an hour's worth of video packages. Well, you kind of got that anyway, as WrestleMania <laughs> starts off with a rain delay after Vince welcomes the crowd and they sing America the Beautiful. I think that's the anthem Vince always chooses, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, so and, they... Um, yes, we are here at the MCG, and it's uh, 2 for 22, and we're going to have a little break for tea due to rain delay. Uh, we'll be back, folks, and uh, hopefully this rain will get under control. Uh, in the meantime, you can watch a 1987 game from the Benson and Hedges uh, World Series uh, between the West Indies and South Africa. Uh, thanks, folks. Yes. First time WrestleMania rain delay. Um, many times I've seen that with the cricket and you'd get your replays of either state <laughs> one day cup or uh, old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, if you're lucky, you might get some ETs fishing with Andrew Eddinghausen. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, wow. I think the most amazing thing about this is, uh, let me quickly rattle off off the top of my head and bear with me. WrestleMania 9, uh, WrestleMania 19... WrestleMania 24, 26, 28, 29, 31, um, 33, and then 37. All outdoors. Oh, and 35 as well. 35, yeah. Yeah, and 35. All 35. Out- <laughs> yeah, so that's... So I just counted like... Oh, I should have actually 10, counted. 12? Yeah, 10 or 11, I think I got up to. Um, WrestleManias where they've been outside, it is an absolute miracle that this has never happened before. Yes. Uh, did you happen to see the Kayfabe News article from Sunday? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Are you very familiar with when Shawn Michaels returned? And there was a father and son versus Shawn Michaels and a mystery oh. tag team partner. Oh yeah, I did. I did hear about this on post wrestling. Kayfabe News reports: God finally gets revenge on Vince McMahon for loss at SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, if I, I'll just quickly correct you, uh, Backlash two thousand and six. Uh, check it out, humans. <laughs> um, Please don't. <laughs> Um, oh my god like yeah well he's got to get his heat back brother um my god just and the best part about this i was live tweeting at this point on our wrestling wrestle style twitter page so i was doing a fair bit of that over the over the both wrestlemania nights um i thought the best part about this rain delay was that we get to see people cut unscripted promos. 
Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to much, but I did manage to catch Sunday night's main event, partly because I wanted to hear Mouth's reaction to the Shane McMahon match. But um, Oh, yeah. Oh, he start, loves Shane, doesn't he? <laughs> at the start, they were saying, um, Agnew and Mouth were saying, it's very much like a Saturday night's main event where you'd start the show with a bunch of promos. Right, here's what's coming up tonight yeah. and that. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose... Like I, thought, I thought that was like the best the best half hour of WWE in like well over a year. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I liked the Bobby Lashley MVP one and then Drew comes in. Yeah. I don't know who the interview woman was. A lot of them are all interchangeable now and very forgettable names. Um, but Drew's there like after MVP and uh, Bobby Lashley have walked off and she walks back in and goes, oh, Drew, can I get your quick thoughts? And he goes, yeah, can you stand over here? I'm not turning my back on him. I don't trust him. I think he's if he's coming back, I want to be ready. And I'm just like, that simple line was so good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I thought it was, like I tweeted here, this rain delay is a great opportunity for some of the wrestlers to get some quality unscripted promo time, and it will be telling to see which wrestlers the WWE trusts to have unscripted promo time. And it was pretty much who you expected. Like, like yeah, your Drews, your Bobbies and MVPs. Shane McMahon's obviously trusted with it. Um, <laughs> Kevin Owens was awesome during that. Like, just a whole nother level. And yeah, then You gets... always expect Kevin Owens to be awesome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the New Day were incredible to know. Oh, Big E just walks in and goes, even though we're not on the same brand, we're still together. Yeah. <laughs> just starts like shaking the um, Irish interview guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then some people, you know, kind of sucked at it, which I, I thought Shane's promo kind of sucked. I thought Braun Strowman had a pretty bad one. Yeah. Um, who else was kind of bad? I thought Seth was like funny. Oh, Seth was horrible. At first, I thought Seth was good, and then it just kept going, and it just started making. The more he talked, the less sense he made, and it was just. He was just trying to overcome, uh, overshadow the fact that he was saying nothing of any sense. By just screaming and yelling. He did the same thing at the Hall of Fame red carpet. He was talking to the, the same guy and going, oh, look at my suit. I'm drip, drip, Seth or something. I'm like, have, have you have you taken something? What are you on? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he needed longer paternity leave. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so should we get into some of the matches here? Uh, quickly, by the way, uh, they had all the wrestlers on stage when they introduced everyone for WrestleMania, and like you could just see, like some of those wrestlers were just blown away just to hear a crowd again. And in particular, was one Rhea Ripley who was pretty much in tears. Did you notice who was standing behind Rhea in his gear? Who? 
someone who shall not be hindered. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, there was some stuff here. Like, I saw uh, Ivar of the Viking Raiders standing on stage, and I was, like, in his gear, and I'm like, huh, been out injured a while. That's real odd that he's just standing there in his gear on stage. Hmm. They might be doing some shenanigans with the tag division tonight. Not, not what they've ended up doing was just spoiling a big return on Raw. <laughs> but whatever. Ah, uh, well. Um, yeah, so a lot of people sort of overcome with emotion. A lot of the, uh, I suppose, newer people in the last year, year and a half. Well, yeah. everyone since was the last mania. Was the last one Becky's win in front of a crowd? Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, it's sort of everyone who's been caught up since that mania, including Bianca, because she was at last year's WrestleMania. Um, yeah, are sort of blown away by the enormity of the stadium and the crowd. I suppose we can talk about it now. How did you feel looking at this crowd? Um, like I saw some people's videos about how they were socially distanced and stuff, and I thought that was fine. Um, I wasn't too sure if I was hearing them correct or if they were adding piped in noise at certain points. I don't know. The crowd was a bit odd to me, the sound of it. Yeah, I I think they were, um piping in a bit more cheers at points. But um, people were wearing masks, some weren't. Some yeah. appeared socially distanced, some weren't. So, uh... Oh, and you sent me a very, uh, very strange and possibly stupid tweet. Yeah, someone tweeted out that they had COVID and they were in the arena and they took a photo. Turns out that tweet was proven to be a hoax. Thank goodness. But, yeah, um, just people just shit-stirring for the sake of shit-stirring, and it's just not good. Yeah. Yeah, people can't be trusted yet. <laughs> That's um, my thoughts. So before we get to the first match, even, we have the WrestleMania hosts, Tyus O'Neill and Hulk Hogan out on stage. Do you have anything to add about this? The crowd booed the crap out of Hogan. Were you expecting that? No. Was I happy about it? Kind of. Yeah. I thought that was cool. They, <laughs> they they cheered Titus. That was good. They booed Hogan. That's fine. Yeah. You paid your 20 bucks, you can do what you want. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, let's get into some of the matches here. Uh, given it is menu, we can talk a little a bit about each after each match. So, opening the two nights of WrestleMania is Bobby Lashley the WWE champion with MVP in his corner taking on Drew McIntyre. Um, what do you think of this match? Uh, I thought it was a really good choice to go on first. I thought the story was there. Like Drew's been carrying this company in a no crowd era and he gets to have the first match in front of the crowd and the first match of the night in front of a crowd in over a year should be Drew McIntyre having his moment in front of the crowd. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to a degree, he did get some moments, but uh, not the defining moment people remember as uh, he uh, sort of gets distracted by MVP late in the match, goes for the Claymore, Bobby Ducks, puts on the Hurt Locker, and Drew passes out for a ref stoppage, and Bobby retains. Yeah, I haven't seen too many people pass out cold from a full Nelson, but I guess it could happen. It sort of crushes the windpipe a bit. Um, so I think it's actually a good thing that they had Lashley win because if Lashley lost, like, that's less than a month with the title. He's barely gotten started. I've said this many times before, Lashley should have been champion six months ago. Like they should, this should be the end of Lashley's title run. And now, in hindsight, I think maybe Drew should have just had this title all the way to WrestleMania, and Lashley just beat him for the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree too. But uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, and they sort of uh, booked themselves into a big corner there. Yeah. Um, um- I'm fine with the result because I love Lashley. I love Drew too, so. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy either way. Yeah, thumbs up for me. Yeah. Match number two, the tag team turmoil match saw uh, starting teams Lana and Naomi face Billy Kay and Carmella. Uh, Goes two minutes with Billy Kay and Carmella eliminating Lana and Naomi here. Yay, Aussies. Yay. Next to enter was uh, the right squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright, who pin Billy Kay and Carmella after four minutes to advance. Next was uh, Dana Brooke and what's that, Bulldog? (laughs) She (laughs) fell on her ass. Yes, Mandy Rose. The Rose Master. Um, yeah, what a moment. <laughs> she fell on her bloody ass, she did. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. I love that immediately after the match on Twitter, Titus O'Neill put up a video of him just like going up to Mandy and being like, hey, kid, don't worry about it. It happens to the best of us. And Mandy's like, oh, no. <laughs> Titus is like, finally, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, you're the joke now. Suck in. <laughs> uh, um, and it goes to the nine-minute mark of the overall match when Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose eliminate the right squad. But hang on, it's a swerve, bro, as the referee stuffed up. <laughs> and the right squad actually eliminate Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what happened? I don't even remember, but yeah, what? Uh, uh, meaning the right squad move on to face the last team, Natalia and Tamina, who are going about another five minutes with, uh, surprise, surprise, the final team becoming out, the final team to win, uh, Natalia and Tamina. So they advance tonight too. Yeah, this this was just a really convoluted way to do 50-50 booking for your entire roster. 
pretty much one team wins against one team, then loses to the next, and so on and so forth. Yeah, except um, Dana and Mandy and Lana and Naomi got, like, no shine in this match. No, and I thought for sure this was all for the Lana putting Nia through the table moment. Yeah, how wrong we all were. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it entertaining as a match? No. Was it meme-worthy? <laughs> yes. And for that, I say thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, thumbs up for the Mandy slip alone. Um, There's a few botches in there as well. Lana with a couple of air kicks. Um, Yeah, I'm sure Matthew from Botchamania is going to have fun with that match. (laughs) Most likely. Uh, Third match on the card was Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Um, What do you think of this one? I thought this was really good. Um, I, I thought this this could have gone for a faster pace in a bit less time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought it took a little bit to um, get going, but once it got going, it was pretty good. Um, also, the um, video promo that Seth has um, oh, that was while great. he's in the ring. <laughs> and he goes, uh, what's it? video by friends of Seth Rollins do not reflect the views of Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, and it was voiced by Seth Rollins. <laughs> yes. uh, it, he's slowly becoming a co- comedy character, and I thought it was just really good. It's a good direction for him. We've seen too much serious Seth over the years. Um, they booked themselves into a corner here, though, with um, saying Cesaro's never done anything big at WrestleMania, and it's like, well, I suppose the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal doesn't count then. That's all I kept thinking about this whole feud. And I'm like, in my mind, if I think about WrestleMania 30 and some of the biggest moments that happened, like behind Daniel Bryan winning the title and behind the Taker streak ending, Cesaro winning the Andre is pretty high up on the list for me. Because I remember sitting in... A uh, good friend of the show, Warwick Thompson's lounge room, just like going nuts for Cesaro winning. Was that the year he last eliminated Big Show? Because everyone yeah. thought Big Show was going to win because he's the kayfabe son of Andre in another company. Yeah, exactly. And it was the very first Andre the Giant Battle Royal and Cesaro wins by body slamming Big Show out of the ring. It was such a cool visual. And then the next night he joins up with Heyman and, oh, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, <sighs> he's had a lot of uh, stop start to his career, but a good match. Thumbs up. Let's, let's hope that this is the beginning of a start that never comes to a stop. Uh, yes, and not a stop that never comes to a start. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought this match was good. Thumbs up. Following that, Raw Tag Team Championship Tag Team Match. The New Day members, Kofi and Xavier Woods, the champions, versus AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, what do you think? A really good match? or I-, I thought this was like a classic tag team match. I thought it was really good. Good psychology behind it. Like you're kind of saving Omos for the big pop. 
like because you've never seen him wrestle before. It did kind of feel like New Day were wrestling as heels, cutting off the ring and all that sort of stuff. But also, it's smart. They're baby faces. They got to have a bit of intelligence. Why would you want to face Omos? So you got to keep AJ away from him. So. Yeah, I can see why people might complain about the psychology involved in this match, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. That's why I was thinking it was very uh, old-school sort of uh, mentality, New Day trying to keep the bigger man out of the ring, and then once the bigger man gets in the ring, he wreaks havoc uh, so much so that the New Day lose. Yeah, and I thought, like, the spots we got to see Omos do was great. Uh, He looked good. Um, that phenomenal forearm springboarding off the ropes onto the shoulders of Omos and then hitting the forearm. I thought that was a really great move. thought that looked awesome. Yeah, I agree there as well. Uh, thumbs up. Yeah, Next same. was the steel cage match of Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon to find out if Braun Strowman is stupid. Mm. Take it away, Alex. Oh, I just thought this match was okay. I thought it was underwhelming because it's Shane McMahon. It's WrestleMania. You expect something mental to happen. And it was just basically a hip toss off a cage, which I'm sure that bump sucked. That probably sucked a lot more than taking that bump off the cell because at least they had the gimmick denounce table for that one. But... (laughs) But yeah, it just doesn't look that visually cool. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Yeah, I'm sure it would have just sucked as much as uh, Shane going onto the golf cart. <laughs> um, Braun ripping open the cage, that was cool and all. Yeah, but that was a cool visual. That was a cool visual, but it also just kind of proved how stupid he is. Yeah, cause because he lays like, out Shane in the ring, and that's like, why don't you just crawl, climb through that, and jump on the floor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thumbs down. It was what it was. Thumbs uh, in the middle for me. But yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know what Mouth said? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. What? Not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty <shocked>. much. <laughs> uh, Following that, the co-main event of night one goes to The Miz and John Morrison taking on Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Um, I didn't like this match. Oh, really? I yeah. thought this was great. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a really solid match. What was the point of this match? To get... Uh... Bad Bunny and Damien Priest over. I'd say it got uh, Bad Bunny over. I said it sucks at its job of getting Damien Priest over. Yeah, but Bad Bunny looked awesome in this. (laughs) And where's he going to be next week? Yeah, but Bad Bunny brought a massive social media following to the WWE, so they can let him get a little bit of shine back, surely. I think you are correct in certain points where they should have given Damien Priest a bit more. But I think 
the spotlight was there for Damien Priest by simply being the guy holding up the guy for Bad Bunny to jump on. Because that's the gif for all your Bad Bunny fans. Yeah, I, I think for as much as Bad Bunny did, he did look sloppy and making his big entrance on his truck and then Damien Priest is just casually walking out on his own. I don't think it did as good a job as they wanted in helping Damien Priest. I I thought it did at the time, myself personally. Uh, but in hindsight, after watching Raw, I'm starting to lean your way. But I thought after WrestleMania, I thought it was good. Um I loved the Destroyer on the floor. I loved the big double-team finish. I loved Bad Bunny selling during the match. I thought it was great in his selling. Um, and I thought John Morrison was incredible in this match. Like His crap talk during this match was just hilarious. Just like kept talking about like cutting the ring in half and like, oh, don't worry about him, Miz. He's a rabbit. Rabbits are lucky. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just agree to disagree <laughs> then on Bad Bunny. I think so. Uh, I'll touch on it now, otherwise I'll forget. Night two, there's a vignette somewhere down a highway and Triple H gives some skull and bone microphone to Bad Bunny as a thank you and now Bad Bunny's going on a world tour. Yeah. What? <laughs> In 2022. Oh, okay. Um, I I think that's just them thanking Bad Bunny for helping them out. You you patted our back, we'll pat yours. Here, we'll promote your tour for you. Spoiler alert, they show that ad on Raw as well this week. (laughs) Yeah, they sure like replaying everything. What's that? (laughs) You went to the bathroom for 10 seconds. Here it is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Um... Do you want to touch on the Bailey stuff now from night one? Let's just talk about it night two. Okay. Uh, We're going to the main event, the rightful main event of night one, SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Sasha Banks, the champion, taking on Bianca Belair, the Women's Royal Rumble winner. Yeah, this is a great match. What did you think? I thought it was good too. I thought this was a really incredible match. I loved it. I loved every second of this match. Uh, the, the emotion. Yeah. Yeah, the, the emotion both women are showing at the start of the match and Bianca's like breaking down, trying to compose herself after the refereeing Sabelle. Um, did you notice during Sasha's entrance something was missing? Uh, Snoop Dogg. Well, that too, but something else. Uh, what? Sasha Boo Boo Face. Oh, yeah, she wasn't Boo Boo Facing, which got me really nervous. So, (laughs) bravo, Sasha. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh, she's going to keep it. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... Just quickly fast-forwarding ahead, did you see any of the photos that popped up online whilst the person 
like of Sasha Banks outside of the ring whilst Bianca was celebrating? Uh, no. There's like this quick little five second video and like Sasha's outside the ring, she's selling, but she's like looking in the ring and like pretty much crying and smiling at the same time. Like just yeah. really happy for Bianca. It's like a really beautiful video. Um, Something like the uh, the Rhea Charlotte video from last year's WrestleMania. Yeah. In yeah. a way. Yeah, in an extent. To an extent. Um, it's just like I'm really proud of this person that I just worked with and I'm really honoured to have basically put her over. And this match was so good. Yeah. Um, this was the best, I'm saying it now, best uh, WrestleMania main event match in years. Since at uh, least 30. 30. Yeah, I was going to say since at least 30. Uh, you keep talking. I'm going to have a quick look. Like, um, this match was incredible. Uh, Night 2's main event was really good too. But <laughs> Night 1's main event was um, fantastic. I spent all afternoon after watching this and all most of the night trying to figure out how on earth Bianca Belair was able to whip Sasha with her hair and for it to make that sound and for it to have left a cut on Sasha's ribs. I was like, there's no way, no matter how dense or thick her hair is, there's no way her hair could make that sound on her body. She's done it before in NXT as well. Yeah, but it was never that loud. I don't know. They could have turned the uh, the ring mic up for that moment when they seen her grab it in her hand. Yeah, and there's definitely ways that they could have done something to gimmick up the sound. But my biggest head scratcher was how did she, how did hair leave a cut on her ribs like that? It's basically what the end of a whip is. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, how hard is she literally whipping these people with her hair? To be fair, she hasn't brought out the hair whip in a long time, I don't think. No, no. She hasn't, to be fair. Um, This match revolved around the hair. And some of the spots they did with this hair was just incredible. I loved this match. This is yep. a match of the year contender for me. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this match. Yeah, um, I think just quickly looking back over uh, recent WrestleManias, at least since the network era, uh, 30, which is the Auden, Batista, Daniel Bryan in uh, New Orleans. Even uh, then, the match itself isn't as good as the post-match. Yeah, it's more about the moment. Same with WrestleMania 31. It's more about the Seth uh, cash-in and victory over Roman and Brock. Um, as you go down the list here, 35, the uh, the women's triple threat, which should have been Ronda versus Becky, but Charlotte Flair, LOL. Mm. Um, which, again, is more about the... Uh, the post-match where Becky's celebrating with both titles, going in with no titles, 
Um, yeah. And I suppose you could make a case for the uh, the Cinemag match last year, the Undertaker AJ, but it's sort of in its weird uh, universe of its own to a degree. Uh, this, yeah, match of the night, hands down for WrestleMania night one. And uh, spoiler, by match of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Uh, should we jump into night two? Oh, if we have to. Okay, and on to Raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd rather talk about night two than Raw. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, opens up, WrestleMania hosts again, Pirate O'Neill and Hook Hogan. Hull Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hull Hogan. <laughs> dressed up as pirates because WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, this fell flat, this pirate thing, didn't it? Yeah, he just, like, Hogan didn't even do the obvious thing of going, brother. He went, brother, ar, brother, ar. <laughs> he should have just gone, brother. He can't. <laughs> what you going to do, brother? <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want to touch on Bailey now overall? Yeah, let's just do that. So, like, over these two nights, we keep getting, like, little backstage things of Bailey interrupting Titus and Hogan and some Hall of Famers and stuff like that because she wants to be the host. And to be fair, she should have been. If you're not going to put her in a match, she should have been hosting. Um, but anyways, <laughs> we get some blatant Eric Bischoff plugging his podcast backstage stuff. We get Rob Van Dam plugging his RVD rolling papers on yeah. WrestleMania, uh, to which, like, um, one of the people I'm in a group chat with, like, quickly sent me a screenshot of his purchase being made at RVD.com. <laughs> so it worked. So bravo. <laughs> yes. Bravo. <laughs> um. <laughs> Which, by the way, on the bump over the weekend, we got that segment I hoped for. Like, we got it with RVD and Riddle at WrestleMania night, too. But we got a proper, like, dude, bro, dude, bro, on the bump on the network over the weekend. So check that out for that one reason alone. (laughs) Um, yeah, so this whole Bailey stuff was all just to build up, and I was like, all right, they're building up for something huge, something massive is about to happen. Like, it had to be. And she interrupts them on stage, like Titus and Hogan, and and then she's going off about Hall of Famers. Music hits, and it's the Bella Twins. <laughs> And the Bella Twins get booed. And then the two the two baby faces beat up the one heel and throw her down the ramp. All for this one punchline from Titus O'Neil of Ding Dong Goodbye. Terrible. And the crowd was booing it, and so they should. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, and here I was thinking, like, oh, 
This is all just to build up Becky coming back. Yeah, that's, I say that that's too. What I thought. That's what I thought was going on. Not the case. No. Um, and I, I even wonder, like, surely you would have thought that that's what people were thinking. Like, they, they were not thinking the big surprise would be the people that were just there the night before. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, during night one, uh, towards the end of the show, uh, midway point of the show, perhaps, the Hall of Fame class comes out, stands on the rampway and waves. Everyone except the uh, legacy wing, the celebrity wing, and um, Liger, who's obviously in Japan. Night two, everyone comes out, except for the legacy wing, Ozzy Osbourne, who's the celebrity inductee. But surprise, surprise, Greg Carly made it. Was blown away by that. Yeah. Uh, we got a fun backstage segment night too, since we're talking about it. Greg Carly with Riddle. <laughs> and this was like horrible. And then you just hear this, wait a minute, bro. I'll I'll translate for him. And it's Rob Van Dam and I'll Got what I wanted. All I wanted was Riddle and RVD to just be mates. Yeah. That was <laughs> That's good. all I wanted to see. And I was very happy with that. And it's all anyone on the internet wanted to see from what I saw. So, good. You gave the people what they want. Fair enough. Uh, night number two. I suppose we should get in the matches here. Starts off with the only position it could have been put in to be given a chance of being good. Randy Orton defeats The Fiend with Alexa Bliss. What the hell was that? Oh, man, no. This was brilliant, man. This was just storytelling at its finest. We had, we've had a man over the years, like, tomfoolery with maggots onto a human being and then goes and burns down his house where his sister's ashes or something is and then he they go have a brawl in a house of horrors and then they end up setting each other on fire and here we are at the culmination of it all it's wrestlemania it's been two and a bit years in the making maybe even three years in the making now that i think about it last time they were in florida 33 so four years in the making <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, 33, four years in the making. Um, Yeah, and how do we finish this off? A wrestling match. A five-minute wrestling match. What the hell was this? Like, he set this dude on fire. They both set each other on fire. Yeah. Like, after everything, and they just do a five-minute wrestling match, something had to have been cut here. (laughs) Well, the thing that wasn't cut was Alexa Bliss's ink pack, because what the hell was that? Like, as an isolated clip, I think it looked cool as hell. But it just confused me in terms of story. Talk about it more on Raw, I guess. 
Oh, I don't even know if we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> like, oh, she, she thinks that she doesn't need his darkness anymore or some bull crap. Anyways, she, she's a strong, independent woman. She don't need no man. That's basically her explanation for this. She don't need no man because the females are the, what does she say? The females are the deadliest of all creatures. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, mm, this... really confusing. This was d- just an RKO to end it in like what was it? Five minutes? Yeah, yeah. That was the confusing part. It was so quick. It was so short. It barely had any shenanigans. This fiend character has been pretty well protected, besides Goldberg over the years, and yeah, just one RKO. Yeah, to be fair, The Fiend was looking at whatever the hell was going on with Alexa Bliss on top of the jackbox with her squirting ink out of her brain or whatever the hell was supposed to be going on. Yeah. And then they turned the lights on and you can see the device she's wearing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the little thing around her head. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, and this match had cane lighting. Yeah, that's back. Great. Um. Yeah, thumbs down. This, <laughs> I think if they had <laughs> done anything, it wouldn't have worked. But this is so far in the opposite direction. It definitely didn't work. Thumbs down. Yeah, the only good thing <clears throat> about this match for me was Randy Orton's awesome white gear that he was wearing, which was completely deemed null and void when they turned on the red lights. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Thumbs down. Uh, um, match number two was the Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the champions, defending against Natalia and Tamina, where Nia and Shayna retain after technical submission because Shayna was the legal woman, Natalia was trying to tap out Nia, and Shayna runs back in and uh, Natty passes out in about 15 minutes. This went way too long for what it was. Yeah. uh, Natty's just an idiot. She put the submission hold on the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah, this Um, did nothing for anybody. And we're still stuck with Nair and Shayna as our tag champs. (laughs) Yeah, and to be fair, like, the other option in this match didn't really interest me anyway. So, yeah, but that's what I mean. We thought the um, if it wasn't going to be the right squad, we thought it was at least going to be Lana getting her revenge after all the tables. Yeah, oh. I I would have loved it if it was Mandy and Dana, Billy Kay again. Yeah, like out of everyone in the tag team turmoil match, it's literally the one team I didn't want to see again. Yeah. Uh, thumbs down on that match. Yeah, yeah, it was all to build up for Tamina body slamming Nia, and she kind of botched it anyway. Yeah, she did. Uh, Kevin Owens defeating Sami Zayn with Logan Paul in his corner in about 10 minutes. Your thoughts? This was a really fun 10-minute match. Uh, this is where the tide sort of turned for night two for me. This is where it starts to get better. Well, the match was good. 
maybe should have gotten more time, maybe knock off five minutes off that women's tag match because that went way too long. Um, yeah, and it was all to build up to KO hitting the stunner on Logan Paul, which was perfect because as soon as Logan Paul came out, he got the crap boot out of him. So he should. He's a piece of shit human being. Yeah, I think it's been... Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Well, he definitely was. I somewhat believe some of the things he's said in recent years about how much of a dick he was, and he's really regretful of it. Yeah, it is really trying to change. I sort of respect that. Okay, because I don't follow the guy at all after that. (laughs) No, no. And and why would you? Yeah. Unlike his brother, who seems to be an unapologetic douche. Uh, can I say that? Yeah. Dick. Sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was all just to build up to Logan Paul getting hit with the stunner, and it was perfect. It was everything it needed to be. Yeah, I'm just sad that they weren't at least fighting for a title at WrestleMania, given how many times these guys have fought on TV and other pay-per-views. Yeah, imagine, like, I don't know, 10 years ago when these two were tearing it up in PWG and Ring of Honor is Kevin o- uh, Kevin Steen and El Generico and being told these two are going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Oh, and El Generico? Yeah, that's going to be the heel. And Kevin, uh, Kevin Steen's going to be the baby face. <laughs> And uh, one of those annoying YouTube kids is going to be involved as well. Oh, package pile driver? No, nah, no, nah, he does the stunner now. Oh, okay, but like El Generico's got his mask right. No, 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 no. He's like all crazy and he's a conspiracy theorist. Or, what? No, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> You're the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, match was good for what it was. Um, Less Logan Paul next time, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, match number four, bro. Uh, Matt Riddle, United States Championship defense against Sheamus. Um, wow. I did not think this match was going to go this long. I thought this was just such a beautiful hoss fight. Hmm. I thought these two beat the crap out of each other. Uh, Even at one point, (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'm reading too deep into things. It looked like Matt Riddle attempted a buckshot lariat that got reversed by a V-trigger from Seamus. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Yeah, like they did that exact spot that Omega and Hangman have done before. So... (laughs) I thought that was interesting. Um, oh, I loved the finish to this match. Even that very noticeable botch where Seamus has uh, Riddle up on the top rope and it looks like he's going to do a top rope, like, what's he called? The Irish Curse or whatever. Yeah. And they sort of slip off the top rope. The recovery of that was even great. Like, the botch was handled as good as a botch has ever been handled. He still landed on his feet with a human being draped across his back off the top rope. 
So that was really good. Um, I thought this match was fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you too. It was um, a lot better than what I was expecting. Um, thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sheamus winning was quite a surprise. Um, yeah, that too. I, I thought, given how much uh, time Travis has spent with uh, Matt, they were going to leave him there. Yeah, well, to think about, if you think about it, like, he hasn't even had that title, like, more than a couple of months. Um, like, because Bobby Lashley, like, lost it to Riddle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Was that um, about Rumble, Fastlane? It was like, what was it? Fastlane? Yeah. Yeah, it was the night that The Miz won the... WWE title, so that was Fast Lane. Fast Lane. Yeah, so like the previous pay-per-view. Crazy. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a a good pat on the back to Sheamus giving him the title in this because that dude has been putting on consistent bangers on TV every week for the past few months. So I just saw this as just like a, there you go, bud. Thanks for having our back. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, following that, Apollo Crews took on Big E for the Intercontinental Championship in a Nigerian drum fight. Can I be honest? This match sucked. I did not think this was great. Where were all uh, the drums? There were drums there. They just didn't use them. Oh, my God. Sorry. Just dropped something. <laughs> no, not the British Bulldog figure with Matilda. You're supposed to leave it in the box. <laughs> it was actually a Ric Flair figure that fell over. <laughs> God damn, Nate. He's been nature again. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping his elbow on his jacket. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought there would have been a lot more uh, drum use in this. And seven minutes at WrestleMania. Yeah. This, I think, under-delivered for Big E, but hopefully he's uh, moving on to bigger and better things after this. Yeah, I think the biggest positive out of this was that awesome entrance Big E got at this um, with Wale and all that sort of good stuff. Um. Yeah, besides that, this is very underwhelming. I was shocked by the result a little bit, but also kind of glad that Big E's out of the IC title picture and maybe he can start building his way up. I was shocked the night before that Shane McMahon didn't debut his new heater, Dubakato. I was fully expecting Dubakato to come out and cost Braun Strowman the match. And no, that didn't happen. But Dubakato did come out at WrestleMania and help Apollo Crews win this match. And you know what? I, I like the pairing. Dubakano? Yeah, Yabba Dubba Doo. Yeah. Well, I suppose he's uh, been trying to find the Thunder Dome ever since Raw Underground closed down. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, Co main event of night two of. WrestleMania, 
Asuka defending the Raw Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. Um, oh, man. This entrance, like this live entrance, while I for Big E was great, um, <laughs> this one was not good. Nah, this this one didn't work. And it sounded like she kept singing the same part over like five or six times. Have you heard the song though? It is pretty much the same lyrics over and over again, which is pretty much every WWE theme song because they only care about, you know, the 90 seconds worth of your entrance and they don't care about what happens on the rest of the song. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean more so like Rhea's in the ring and she's gone through like another two chorus of it. It's like, yeah. Oh. Okay, we're still going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I still think Rhea looked like a megastar coming out with like a live band and all the flames and pyro. Like, if you put that entrance on mute, she looks like a superstar. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not, not disputing that <laughs> fact at all at all. Um, no. Great entrance. Asuka's entrance. More CGI augmented reality masks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought the champ would have at least got um something special, but I suppose not. No, no, they um, the budget on Rhea and Big E. It seems so. Yeah. Um. This match, I don't know if it was just me, but I don't. Something felt off. Like these two didn't have good chemistry or something. Was it something? Did it have anything to do with that horrid DDT to the floor? Do you think, like, the match sort of dropped off after that spot? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because that's what I thought. I was like, oh, maybe someone actually got hurt on that spot. Mm. Could have. Yeah, because there was a lot of rest holds after that. And this went, like, for as dominant as I thought they were going to make Rhea in her debut, this was the uh, the third longest match of the night at 13 minutes, around the same time as the women's tag. Um, about five minutes less than the women's match from night one. But um, yeah, overall, and this is completely unbiased Australian here, um, I did not enjoy this. Like, I enjoyed the result. That's great. But um, as a match... For WrestleMania, it was just sort of yay. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, I I do agree with you. Um, did you watch Raw? Yeah, I did. I thought they had a better match on Raw. <laughs> I thought yep. they had a really good match on Raw. Yeah, spoiler alert, that gets ruined. But yeah, I thought they were on track to have an absolute banger on Raw just out of nowhere so like maybe that DD, that ddt spot at the at mania maybe Rhea just got got a light sort of shaken up a little bit or something like that she just got a bit rattled and they had to slow it down until the finish yeah um still it was awesome um an aussie won the, the main title one of the main titles at wrestlemania yeah honestly never thought i would see the day yeah that's true too uh what's that 
only the third time an Aussie's either, uh, yeah, held gold at WrestleMania. You know the other two. Well, yeah, Billy and Peyton. Yeah, and who's the other one? Held gold at Mania. Okay, yep, yep. Because he lost it at that Mania. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, sir. Yeah, yeah. You got me with a slight technicality there. Uh, I was like, Nathan Jones never held title. (laughs) He held the Undertaker's coat, maybe, at that WrestleMania in his corner. Man, if only they didn't take him out of that tag match. It would be such a weird footnote that Nathan Jones helped the Undertaker maintain his streak at WrestleMania. Who was it against? Was it Big Show? And A-Train. Who got pinned in that match? A-Train? I think it was A-Train, yeah. You would assume so. Now, with Nathan Jones in that match, does Big Show or A-Train pin Nathan Jones? Oh, no. And no thus, way. Taker's streak is ruined before it can even happen officially. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But at that point, he was already like 10 and 0. Yeah, but was commentary making a big deal of it? They... Uh, the first time it's ever vaguely mentioned was WrestleMania 17 with Triple H. The first time it's like properly mentioned is WrestleMania 18 against Flair. And like after, like in the build up to the match, like Undertaker's like, I'm an American badass and I'm a booger red and I never lost a WrestleMania. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then after the match, he holds up his hands to signify that he's won 10 times at Mania because I'm an American badass. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, congratulations, Rhea. Good to see another Aussie holding gold. Hell yeah. Main event time. It is your WWE Universal Championship, which sees Roman Reigns, the champion, defending with Jey Uso and Paul Heyman in his corner against Royal Rumble winner Edge and... Because it's a triple threat match, Daniel Bryan, for some reason. Yeah, um, I was very shocked by the crowd reaction straight out of the gate. Uh, to whom? Uh, the Daniel Bryan had the crowd very indifferent, and that they were cheering Edge. Well, you got to think this is the first. This would be the second time Edge has wrestled in front of a crowd since he came back. Once at Rumble and now. Yeah. But I was just thinking, oh, they turned Edge heel and all that in the build-up to this. So they made it pretty distinctively clear that the only person to cheer for is Daniel. Uh, Daniel Bryan's always popular. He'll get a really positive reaction, and I heard no chance for him. What about Roman? Oh, he just got his heel heat. This time around, it felt like genuine heel heat, not we hate you, Roman, go away heat. Um, yeah. Edge is just so over here, and it made me question if they ever needed to put Daniel Bryan in this match. Yeah, that's true too. Um, 
what did you think of uh, Jay Uso's constant help in this match? It makes sense. Like, I get it. It's annoying from the wrestling purist standpoint, but you'd be picking holes in it if he didn't interfere. Yeah. Um, sort of really long match. Goes over 20 minutes here, but ends with Roman Reigns retaining. There were some Correct. awesome spots in this match mm. where, like, Edge had the cross face on Roman and then on the other side, Daniel Bryan puts the yes lock on Roman. Oh, man. I I thought this match was awesome. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong here. Did Roman actually pin Edge here in the closing stages to win? He been pinned both of them. Both of their shoulders were on the mat and they were stacked on top of each other. Who was on top of who, though? Edge was on top of Daniel Bryan and Roman was on top of Edge. So, yeah, that's where I'm getting confused here. I knew he was on top of Edge. I couldn't remember if Bryan was still being pinned or not. Yeah, yeah, he was on top of both men. So he pinned them both, which he said on SmackDown he was going to smash them and then stack them and then pin them and walk out with the title. Yeah, <laughs> and he did exactly that. He smashed them both with like steel chairs, and then he stacked them on top of each other, and he pinned them, and he walked out with the titles. Yeah, which makes me think it's going uh, possibly Big E in the near future. I'm thinking you do Cesaro next. Yeah, that's and true you, too. You build up to Big E for one of your big four pay per views. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, overall, Mania Night 2. Um, now that I look back at it, I did hate it at the time. But now that I look back at it, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that match. And I enjoyed that match. And I kind of enjoyed that match. I, yeah, that match had its moment. And that match was awesome. So I'm going to just go thumbs in the middle. Yeah. Uh, definitely no night one, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, for myself, night one was the um, the real standout, and night two, even though it was more stacked with championships, it um, sort of had one or two great matches, and the rest were sort of a, a mixed bag at the time. Yeah, going into it, I was more looking forward to night two. But... Yeah, not one stole it for me. And yeah, Sasha and Bianca's Bianca's stole the show. They they were incredible. Now here's the theory. What if Night One opens with the Fiend and Randy Orton? I know that's a controversial take, right? Yeah. And then the main event of Night One is what main evented Night Two. Roman beating both Daniel Bryan and Edge. And then night two opens with Drew versus Bobby and closes with Sasha and Bianca. But the rest of the um the card's still the same. Yeah. So you got um... you still got like one woman's title and one men's title. On each show, you're just swapping the opening and the ending matches of each night. 
Because I think yeah. ending two nights of mania with the heel winning might not have been a great idea. I yeah. think end those two nights with Bianca winning. That's and you, you start off the two nights with Randy Orton and The Fiend so you can forget about it as quick as possible. Yeah, that's why I think so too. Um, in hindsight, if they had have done that and had have had that 45-minute rain delay and then gone on with that Randy Orton Fiend match for five minutes, I don't know what that crowd would have done. I think it was a blessing in disguise. There was the first thing on night two. There was no rain delay on night two. And that they just went, bang, here it is. Get over and done with. Bang, get the hell out. But to be fair, that would be like the first live match in over a year. And I think they still would have got hot at certain points for it. Just because they would be happy to see anything. That could be true too. Mm. Um, I think yeah. that would be the best out of any spot of the two nights. That would be the best chance they could have to get Randy Orton and Fiend to get a positive reaction. Not saying they would, but yeah. Um, two nights of WrestleMania. That was Fun fine. Yeah. Let's stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, do you have time for Raw? Yeah, I do. I'm, um, I'm a bloody idiot that watched it. From New Thunderdome, the Yelling Center? Um, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll trust you on that. Youngling. <laughs> Youngling, I think. Yes, don't send Anakin Skywalker there. All <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Uh. New commentary team of Byron Saxton, Corey Graves, and who? Adnan Verk is a former Toronto Sports Network broadcaster, former ESPN broadcaster, and did a lot of work with NHL hockey, all that sort of stuff. Um, he seemed hey. all right. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I think he went all right tonight, but... um. I've seen too many times in the past where they bring in somebody like this and now they've got NXT. There's no reason you can't bring up someone from NXT commentary for that role. Like yeah. maybe this guy has name value in North America, uh, like TV and sports that we don't know about in Australia. But um, I think that might be the case. Yeah, otherwise a very confusing decision on paper. Yeah, so, um, he had one bad match and that was it. Um, yeah, he kept calling one member of the Viking Raiders Eric Ivar instead of Ivar. <laughs> and then at the end of it, he's like, and the, the Viking Express get the big win. <laughs> Remember when that was their name? Well, it was the Viking experience, yeah. And then and then they confusingly made changed the name of their finisher to the Viking experience, which sounds like just the worst Disney ride ever. Oh, man. Um, kicks off non-title match of Bobby Lashley with MVP, defeats Riddle in about 10 minutes. A tag team match of the aforementioned 
Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, uh, back from injury, back together, defeated Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. The Raw Women's title match, Rhea Ripley defending against Asuka, who's enacted her rematch clause to a no contest after 12 minutes because Charlotte Flair, LOL. Mm. Um, Two-on-one handicap match of the John Morrison and the Miz with Maurice defeated Damian Priest. A non-title tag team match of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeat Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose by count-out in less than five minutes. The New Day... Uh, Kofi and Xavier defeat Elias and Jackson Riker at WWE World Heavyweight Championship number one contender triple threat match between Randy Orton and Braun Strowman, who both lose to that young up-and-comer, someone who hasn't been in the title scene for a while now. It's been a full 24 hours. Please welcome back Drew McIntyre. Yeah, 48, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's counting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Um, not excited about it either. I I have a... Well, let's talk talk about what happened after the match. Your boys. Which ones? MVP comes out to talk to Drew or something, and Drew McIntyre gets sneak attacked by... T-Bar and Mace, who seemingly join forces with MVP and probably T-Bar and Mace have joined the Hurt Business. I don't get why they're still T-Bar and Mace. I don't get how Ali is now babyface. I don't get where these other members went. I don't get why MVP would want to recruit these guys over uh, Shelton and Alexander. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know why why MVP wanted Shelton in the first place, considering at that time we hadn't seen Shelton win a match in like three years. Um, but yeah, I get your point. Um I said in one of my group chats over the weekend that I thought there was a possibility of them doing a double turn with Drew and Lashley and Drew, like, teaming up with Cedric and Shelton. Now, that double turn's definitely not going to happen, but I could still see Drew's going to need to have someone to watch his back now that Lashley's got these two big monsters, it's going to be Shelton and Cedric. Oh, why? Yeah. It's going to be the kilt business. I was going to say skirt business, but that's culturally... Uh, that's culturally insensitive. Um, yes. But yeah. Kilts are not skirts. Yes. Despite what Bobby Heenan used to say about Roddy Piper at every WWF pay-per-view, it's not a skirt, it's a kilt. Um, Yeah, Raw was just really lame. It felt like a waste of time. Um, and It is that... the biggest like dud of a Raw after Mania in history. It has to be. Yeah, 
in recent years at least. Um, and that rear match going 12 minutes, going uh, 13 minutes the night before. So you've gone about 25 minutes in two nights. You had sort of a all right mania match. You're having a great match and then Charlotte Flair, LOL. Yeah. Uh, um, and I'm still like not positive that Ray is going to keep that title. That's what I mean. Charlotte loves to take those titles from Rhea. Now, Charlotte said in her promo, she's a 13-time champion. Hang on, I'll bring it up. I'm pretty sure she's 14. I'm pretty sure she's only two off her dad. Well, in terms of WWE record-keeping. She's um, that close already. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but, um... But, um, but, um, yeah, that young up-and-comer Damien Priest sure got a lot of shine partnering with Bad Bunny for all those months. Look at his reward on Raw. Yeah, that was where my issue was. Pants is Miz and still loses to him. Well done, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice to see Maurice, though. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Two-time NXT. Uh, one time Divas, four times Raw, so that's at seven. Keep count here. Seven and five times SmackDown. What's that? Hang on. Seven, seven. and five is 12. 12, and, yeah. And one time women's tag is 13. Tag doesn't count, and NXT surely doesn't count. Okay, well then take off three. Ten. Oh, well, she said 13, didn't she? So I guess she's counting them all. I guess they all count. So that means Ric Flair's like a 50-time champion if every title is held counts. Remember that week they, um, oh, what was it? They did the um, Flair time try and it said 17-time world champion by mistake. Oh, and, yeah, that was real weird. And everyone was like, what? What? If they added another title reign? And everyone's like, no, it's just a, uh, just a, uh, miss, miss, uh, click typo error. Mm. Championship accomplish. I'm pretty sure it's on here somewhere that, um, it'll say how many titles, uh, what's her name? Charlotte has, if it's still on here or if they've changed, no, they've changed it. Uh, it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, stupid amount. Stupid amount yep. for Charlotte Flair. Because I agree. Charlotte, LOL. Like, she hasn't even been there 10 years. Now you see why everyone was saying, oh, yeah, she'll catch her dad in no time. Yeah, that blew my mind when she said that number on Raw, and I was like, what? She's that close already. She needs uh. to go over to the UK, defeat Kaylee Ray. Um, then go over to NXT, team up with someone and get those tag titles, and then she would have held all the gold. Yeah, and can we also mention the fact that she stumbled all over her words on the promo today? I, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't think she's very good. She has good matches occasionally, but like 
when it comes to her mic work, she usually sounds robotic if she doesn't stumble all over her words. I think, yeah, I'm just not into her. Not a fan. Yeah. I cannot think of one thing she has done that I was like, man, she's awesome. Um, her natural selection. Oh, that thing that she botches every week. Remember when she was on an undefeated pay-per-view streak? Yeah. And then they threw oh. away a fast lane and didn't have her and Oscar face each other. Oh, man. Yeah. Idiots. I don't think it says on here how many times she's held the titles. Nah, it doesn't matter. Anyhow, Charlotte Flair, everyone. Now, Raw, thumbs down, get the hell out, don't come back. Yep. Hopefully SmackDown doesn't suck. I'm giving them another chance for SmackDown because Bianca, like all the matches that really stole it for me over the weekend were SmackDown matches, basically. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to give SmackDown a chance. But if that sucks, well, then we're going to have issues. Now, my biggest hope is, now that I'm thinking about it, this raw commentary table's changed. Samoa Joe's ready to wrestle again. Or? Or he's going to SmackDown. Yeah. But I'm kind of hoping he's ready to wrestle again because... The one Samoan that's not related to that family feuding against Roman Reigns would be amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes you forget Joe's like the only one who's somehow not related. Yeah. Like, he's the perfect guy to be like part, like, to be feuding with Roman. Like, he would be perfect for that. Like,. He's not going to beat him, but it's a good, like, for you to fill time for Roman. Um, by the way, Sasha Banks is 0-6 at WrestleMania. Really? Yep. Well, okay. She lost um, that match. What else has she lost? Uh, she lost the women's tag titles to the Iconics. Yeah, um, 35. Was she on 36? I can't remember if she was... What she did last year. Um, hang on, let me Google it. I saw I saw a post on Twitter. Hang on, she, I'll bring it up here. I'm bringing make, it up. Make me do more work on here. Do All it right? live. Oh, yeah, there you go. I do not remember that match. Was it Carmella? Not to. Bailey defeated Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina in a fatal five-way elimination match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh. I do not remember that. No. Nor do I. 35 was the Iconics, then 34. Was she on that? Um, Scroll, scroll, scroll. 
I don't think she was even on the card. Oh, she was in that battle royal. She lost that. Okay, 33. She wasn't on it, I don't think. For my me- yeah, oh, no, she-, she lost Fatal- to um Bailey. Yeah. To the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah. I do not even remember that match. I Yeah, I don't remember that at all either. 32 I remember. That's uh Sasha, Becky and Charlotte. And that's yep. where they bring out the women's title for the first time. 31? I don't uh, think she's on 31. No. Nah. So it's 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 0 and 6. Wow. The streak continues. I, I'm, honestly, I'm all for them doing a losing streak, a WrestleMania losing streak. That's the next thing to do. Um. Do you have time for the Broken Skull Sessions? I do. Oh, I did not know hell. you were going to bring... Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Now, Chris, <laughs> tell me about AEW. <laughs> yeah. Now, before uh, we do that, let's have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, a lot, I suppose, not so much newsworthy, but interesting coming out of here a lot of the um him leaving him talking about his time in wcw i have heard on other jericho podcasts before yeah i um i sort of skipped like a lot of his early stuff and his wcw talk just because i've heard him talk about that stuff heaps i just wanted to get to basically the more modern stuff yeah um Talks about the um, skipping over a lot of it here because go watch it, it's really good. Um, talks about the list of Jericho, how he got approval from Vince for uh, the um, breakup segment, gets to TV that day, Vince isn't there, and the other writers tell him they're going to change it. And he says, No, you're not, I'm going to call Vince. Mm. And he calls Vince, uh, Vince, everything we talked about, you got any problems with it? Ah, it's great, pal. Okay. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. Yeah. Um, uh, um, talks about leaving to go to New Japan to fight Omega because he was good friends with Don Callis. Um, talks about how the Prince wanted him versus Undertaker in a casket match. But that when... was advertised at one point, too, because I remember being excited about it because... Yeah, we never got to see too many Chris Jericho versus Undertaker matches. And then tells Vince that he's fighting Naito in Dominion and gets put in the Greatest Royal Rumble and it's Rusev who has the casket match. Yeah. Uh, Talks about leaving, going to AEW, briefly about like all in, how to need a company, you need to have financial backing and passion and you need to have like six guys you can build a company around and you need to have like a, a TV deal and was saying oh, Tony Khan's passionate about business. He's got a lot of financial backing. His family's involved with uh, Fulham in England and the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, said, oh, the six guys you can build around. There's me, there's Cody Rhodes, there's Hangman Adam Page, there's uh, 
Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and he said someone else. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Yeah. yeah. Those are the six guys you can build around. And he said, um, well, we got this uh, TV deal on Wednesday nights on TNT and um, name recognition. There's me, there's Jim Ross. That'll instantly bring in viewers. Didn't really mention much about John Moxley, which I've sort of uh, found surprising, but yeah, that's true. Um, anything else sort of uh, noteworthy there? Because he does touch on it a little. Says the um, says the famous story of him winning the undisputed championship and what happened that night. Which yeah, I, I always like enjoy story. hearing. Yeah. Um, um, anything like, else? Yeah, he sort of just talks about his debut and stuff like that, and like the backstory about WrestleMania 19, his match against Sean, which I think is, which I believe off the top of my head was second match on the card, which uh, if you listen back to what he says here, he has a lot of issues with being second on the card, which I'm pretty sure from my memory, Jericho has been second match on the card a couple of times. Uh... Uh, he went six. Oh, fifth on the pay per view portion for that Shawn Michaels match. What on the yeah. pay per view portion? Yeah. Uh, wow. So okay. above him, above what was him, second? <laughs> oh, second was Taker with Nathan Jones defeating Big Show and A Train. All right, I'm gonna bring up because I can think of at least two times that Jericho went second. Oh man, so I. Yeah, on Mania. And I can think of multiple times the second match of the night was, like, one of the best matches. Um, WrestleMania 20. All right, let's have a look. Jericho was definitely second. Yeah. Third. Second. Third. Oh, was that... Oh, Bloody hell, I thought it was right. All right, I'm wrong. But <laughs> WrestleMania 31, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Ba- Rollins, uh, best match on the show, second match on the card. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's been other times. Like the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match, that's second match second, on the card. Yeah, Edge, Jericho, Christian. With um, <laughs> Tomko, Kane, yeah. Benjamin, and Benoit. All right. Uh, 23, I think, is Kane versus Carly. So that doesn't count. Uh, 22. Oh, what's 22 off the top of my head? I think it's some weird tag match. <laughs> uh, Twenty-two. Rob Van Dam defeats Bobby Lashley. Oh, money in the Bank. There money in go. the Bank. Uh, second overall was the tag team match. Big Show and Kane defeat Carlito and Masters, but that was first on the pay per view portion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Ric Flair and the Money in the Bank ladder match was such a weird thing. <laughs> Finlay. Finley's really good in money in the bank ladder matches. So, because he just 
just canes people with the ladder. It's so good. With his shillelagh. Yeah. Well, let me take a guess before you get to 24. Uh, JBL versus Finley. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, not really. Because second overall, first on the um, the yeah. pay-per-view. Money in the bank seems to be the common option here. Yeah. Those early money in the banks, but it's a good good match, I suppose. Um, yeah, anything else really noteworthy coming out of that Jericho interview? I mean, what, maybe 15 minutes of AEW New Japan talk, and that's about it? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was the most noteworthy thing. Like, there wasn't, like, massive breaking news coming out of it. I'm waiting to find out what Tony Khan's managed to get out of this. Surely he wouldn't have just sent, like, one of his biggest star over and not get anything out of it. Who knows? I flogged the hell out of NXT. They're moving to Tuesday. That's what he gets out of it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was part of it. You guys move to Tuesday and then you can have Chris Jericho on the network. Yeah. Oh, that's a good second match on the main card. <laughs> that's when Mark Henry fell on top of Ryback. And that uh, was the yes. finish. WrestleMania 29. Oh, man. I still love that Undertaker-Punk match. I think it's one of Undertaker's last sort of great matches that he had. Mm. Yeah, I think it was. It was the last great streak match, that's for sure. His last great WrestleMania match. Yeah. He had a really good uh, Hell in a Cell match one year against Brock Lesnar, and I think that was his last ever good match in a ring. Yeah. The Um, cinematic last year was good. Anyway, um, you got TV champions. Um, I'm going to go real predictable. I'm going to go Bianca Belair and Roman Reigns. (laughs) <laughs> um, I suppose uh, Raquel Gonzalez and for Mania jeez I mean I'm just trying to think what match did I enjoy the most of Mania uh, no I'm just going to say Walter Good man. Volta. Volta. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know who only lives across... Well, I guess it's technically a border, but it's more of a Shangden area. What? Das Wonder King. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get him over. <laughs> How has he not done more in wrestling since? I have no idea. Uh, all right. Well, this has been fun. Where can the good humans find you? Um, you can find me at Fruity is Alex on Instagram and Twitter. Search us up uh, Wrestling Oz Style on Facebook. Oh, I got lost there for a second. 
And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. My lovely co-host at this time can be found at... At I am Chris Blunder. Yes? Me? Yes? That'll do. <laughs> That'll do, pig. Um, as well, you can go back listen to the entire Wrestling Ostar archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, the weekly wrestling wrap on YouTube and the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Oh, man, I'm so glad this week's over. <laughs> oh, don't be like that. We didn't even talk about hardcore justice. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh. Ugh. I'm. Ugh. I can't even open my mouth without. Oh no! Bleh.